Song. Hello and happy Tuesday, everyone. My name is Terrence Fox, Head of Innovation with iAdvise. It's a pleasure to welcome you back for another installment of our Conversation With series. We have a great show for you today, uh, again, about 15, 20 minutes for those of you that are trying to fit this into your schedule. And today's topic will be optimizing experiences to capture e-commerce outliers. And as I've mentioned in uh, live streams in the past, retention and customer lifetime value has been the name of the game for our clientele. Uh, I think an alarming stat I've shared probably in three or four of these conversations that McKinsey published is that 75%, 75% of consumers are changing how and where they're buying from during this crisis. So it's obviously imperative that brands now more than ever become aware of the friction points in their digital experience and, of course, optimize them throughout the customer journey to create a premium CX. So, I mean, after all, your website now more than ever with this digital acceleration is the face of your company. So comb your hair, take care of that gross morning breath, and uh, make sure you look sharp, right? Potential customers and their eyeballs are all over your website. And, uh, you know, I've mentioned this increased e-com strain. Uh, getting to today's topic, we're thrilled to have Erin Fenn. She's the EVP of InTouch Insight a company dedicated to removing friction points throughout the customer journey and feeding their clients actionable insights to create a premium CX. And she's a 40 under 40 winner, CX advisor, thought leader for countless brands, uh, a true uh, expert in their field. Erin, can you hear me today? I sure can. Can you hear me? I'm really loud and annoying. My wife can hear me just fine. So I wanted to make sure you could also. How are you doing? Good to have you here. Yeah, good. Thank you so much for having me. Things are going well. How about you? I'm um, good. I, uh, and for those of you who don't know, Erin is in Ottawa, so I intentionally placed a Toronto uh, jersey behind me for this uh, session today as a little bit of a jab, although I don't like Toronto, so it's okay. <laughs> love the city, love the people, but certainly not a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. Personally. Uh, I'm out of Ottawa, so Ottawa Senators all the way. Right, and I'm, uh, I'm Rangers from New York. So we still okay. have a conversation to talk about. Erin, um, get us in your head a little bit lately. Uh, what have you been reading? What have you uh, learned lately that you're excited about? Or where are you these days mentally? As well? Yeah. <laughs> That's always a dangerous question, isn't it? Yeah, no, I'm actually part of a wonderful book club uh, full of women from all sorts of different walks of life. And when the pandemic hit, we knew that we wanted to keep our sessions, uh, even though we needed to migrate over to video calls. But and we also kind of lost our capacity a bit to get through full books when we were contending with so much change in our daily lives. So we did a pivot uh, and we now review a different TED talk each week, which has been a lot of fun. It allows us to meet a little bit more regularly and get some exposure to, to some really cool knowledge. So one that uh, stands out to me is the danger of a single story. So particularly poignant, uh, and in some ways it's applicable quite a bit to the art of listening in deep and meaningful ways. Uh, right. We can expand upon our assumptions and challenge the knowledge that we have currently and mm -hmm. you know, sort of diversify our, our source of, of information. Absolutely worth a listen. So that's a great idea uh, because we have a, a book club that I advise and I think I'm three books behind. <laughs> I, I, at this point, I can't keep up. Yeah. They're moving too fast, and they're giving each other, I think it's about six weeks between books, and I still can't keep up. <laughs> I'm the subject of a lot of mockery because of that, and I advise, but I'm trying. Um, 
The uh, next thing I wanted to ask, Aaron, because I think it's always important for us, uh, you know, in our space to, to flip the table, right? Be a consumer for a moment. Uh, tell us about an experience you've had lately that was particularly uh, memorable, either in a positive or negative way. Yeah, sure. I think that uh, we've all had quite a few different experiences over the last few months. Uh, in my group of friends, I'm certainly known as the online shopper. Uh, I've launched a few e-commerce platforms in my life, so uh, my interest there has been at a particularly uh, nerdy extreme for many years. Okay. And, um, so I think in terms of a recent experience, I unfortunately complained uh, in a corporate level survey about some service concerns early in the pandemic from a large grocery chain. Okay. Within an hour, I had a personal phone call from my local store. They were mediating and correcting the issue like instantly, wow. which I found incredibly impressive on how they balance the digital and the human experience with speed and precision. Uh, and it really kind of rang true to me as a true CX program because it captured that digital real life expectation in a holistic loop. It was pretty cool to witness. Yeah, and what a, a neat thing too, because with a grocery store, you're just one customer, right? And uh, it's it's kind of nice to see that uh, you just being one is just as important as a pile of people, right? So for them to single you out, get in touch, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I uh, you mentioned you're the serious online shopper. I I mentioned in another conversation. I have a rule now at my house where my wife cannot open the package that's on our front step until she tells me what it is. Oh. <laughs> I, I think it's a great rule, right? If you bought something and it costs us money, we should know what it is, surely, right? <laughs> but that's just life when you have a one-year-old daughter at home. You're buying things constantly. Uh, true. Yeah. Uh, so, Aaron, get me to uh, give me an overview of InTouch Insight. What are you guys doing up there? Why is it so impactful? Uh, what is your vision? Yeah, so we're a, a leading provider in customer experience management, both in services and in software. Okay. So our vision is really to support multi-location businesses in creating automated CX actions that really drive the high value actions to earn customers for life. So if you really want to kind of dive a bit deeper in what that means, I think you know the best way is to unpack the name of our platform, which is Leah CX. So LIA stands for listen, interpret, and act. Um, so when it comes to how we listen, we provide tools in around mystery shopping, operational audits, surveys, social media and reputation management. And we really work to connect our partners with their voice of customer programming. Mm. And you've already been listening, which I really hope some of your audience here today has been. Yep. We bring in those external programs and their data points into our platform, which leads to interpret. So that's our reporting suite. Uh, and InTouch prides itself on offering next level insights with ease. Uh, we focus on cross-program correlations, key drivers for predictability. You know, we look at things per location, the overall brand, and really hone in on results, which takes us to act. Uh, and in my opinion, it's one of the coolest parts of our platform. Uh, our patent pending action campaigns really include the functionality like mobile forms, case management, uh, and we really support our partners in helping to automate those critical actions to increase visibility, increase the speed to resolution, and sort of drive a self-healing approach. So in providing those three critical areas of customer experience, we really get to become your virtual CX team so that we can guide and support you in developing your own CX maturity, regardless of what you've been doing, you know, up until today. 
uh, and even into tomorrow. Well, so, I mean, how important now, right? It seems like loyalty has been thrown out the window. Uh, so I can imagine that you guys are quite busy up there, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. Erin, uh, tell me a little bit about differentiating between customer experience and uh, customer service in this time of mass change. Why is that important? I'm really glad that you asked that. I've really come to notice that you know, customer service and customer experience is sort of being talked about in an interchangeable way. And right. they're distinctly different, right? Yeah. Customer service is really just one component of customer experience, albeit a critical one, right? Customer service is one single isolated moment in the overarching experience, whereas customer experience is the cumulative of the entire customer journey. Right. So, Customer experience analysis really allows businesses to hone in on those correlations of all of their activity and how that drives the entire perception of your brand. So if I was going to give you an example, supply chain feeds customer experience. Are the products in stock? Are they consistent? Are they of the right quality and at a fair price? Mm. Operational standards feed experience. Is there enough staff or knowledge available? Is the speed to provide your services or supplies up to spec? Uh, are the processes meeting what your customer expectations are? And when we analyze the entire customer journey through all of our actions, our activities, and our departments, you gain this ROI and a targeted focus for your brand standard that allows you to earn those customers for life again while still getting to manage your bottom line. Uh, and sorry, you'll see me writing like this because I'm shaking my video the whole time I write. So I promise <laughs> I don't have to normally hold a pen. Uh, but uh, obviously, incredibly important, right, to keep in mind as a brand as we go through this pandemic. Yeah. Now, Aaron, I spend a lot of my time working with brands on building trust and rapport with your visitors. Yeah. Um, our, as, you, as you're aware, our value add in the space is we want to humanize a digital experience. And we believe that when someone hits your website for the first time, mm -hmm. they should have that sort of in-store experience online, right? They should have a premium shop shopper's concierge. Uh, why is this important in your eyes? Yeah. So <clears throat> building that rapport and trust is critical. So if customer experience is the accumulation of your entire business, we have to make sure that we're building this in all of our functions because consumers have a choice uh, and they have the choice whether or not to engage with you. They choose to invite you into their homes, into their businesses and keep you really close to the things that they value most dearly, right? Their right. friends, their family, their health. So rapport and trust are pillars in that decision-making process, but they're actually like the cornerstone pillars. They're not just one of many, right? right? So in times of rapid and continual change, like what we're experiencing right now, it's super important to understand how your hard-won rapport and trust is translating in the evolution that your customers are going through. Because right. we know once trust is broken, it's not so easy to earn it back. It's certainly not impossible but it's critical to know the elements that fed into that break, but also what fed into earning that trust in the first place, excuse me, in the first place, yeah. so that your focus stays targeted, but most importantly, it's scalable. Yeah, it's, it's, it's something I talk about every day. And as I mentioned, it feels like loyalty has gone out the window because now everyone is uh, shopping on their couch uh, and looking for convenience as well as that sort of experience backed by trust. Uh, so, something, of course, to, to keep an eye on as a brand, like what sort of trust and rapport are you building with your clientele when they hit the site? And does it have that lasting impact? Erin, yeah. um, you've 
you you folks do so many cool things and you've recently put out a consumer uh, a consumer study on how they've evolved throughout this pandemic. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So at InTouch, we partner with businesses around the world in restaurant, hospitality, petrol convenience, grocery and service industries. Mm. These, like so many others, were so greatly impacted you know, yeah. by COVID pretty much overnight. So we really wanted to be able to support those partners uh, as well as inform ourselves um, as the world you know, was kind of changing daily and the customer journeys that we had once had mapped out were totally different, like I said, almost overnight. Right. So, you know, we hoped, like I said earlier, that businesses were doing their own listening as well. But we also saw that these owners and operators really had their hands full. Uh, and if they didn't have established, you know, CX measurements already, they really needed some support to gain those insights as quickly as they could. Right. Um, so we knew on average, it takes about six weeks to form new habits. And with the global pandemic here for much longer than that, uh, and it really doesn't look like it's relenting anytime soon, that's yeah. more than enough time for those consumer habits to form and stay entrenched. So in April, we asked just over 2,000 consumers how COVID-19 is changing how they engage with the brands that serve them, mm -hmm. you know, to what frequency and really to what depth. And we saw that e-commerce adoption was on the rise and that those previous outliers have become regular, frequent users. Like we saw 58% of our respondents had their e-commerce activities increase significantly. And we saw that delivery expectations had increased and that we wanted to pay online in a contactless way, regardless of if you were doing delivery, pickup, curbside, no matter what the product or service was, 78% of respondents wanted to digitize their payment options. Mm. And what really blew our mind was that this mattered more than price and quality. We right. saw needs turned on their heads where safety, whether it was in-store cleaning, PPE, other ways to shop and pay, toppled what we've all come to sort of gear our knowledge towards over the years. We all assume it's price, quality, and convenience. And what we saw trending was something very, very different. So even if we loop back to you know what we were just talking about in trust and rapport, those insights helped us share um, not only the emerging trends but to to really drive some of that focus and conveying trustworthy and trustworthiness in the most impactful ways. But right. now, like six months have passed. So what we were sharing with everybody in April is still incredibly relevant, but we wanted to go and back that up. And we're sharing now today with the iAdvise team uh, that there's a secondary report coming out later this month. So we're going to really take a look mm -hmm. to see how much of that initial feedback remains, uh, how entrenched are those behaviors, and what are the expectations going forward uh, so we can help your audience and our partners and businesses everywhere uh, continue to succeed in their pivots. Yeah, six weeks for a new habit. I think I played harmonica for three days during the pandemic. Uh, <laughs> for about 15 days, a little over two weeks. Uh, but it's a it's a super cool idea, right? You want to make sure that, of course, what we first found is with these results, are they also sticking, right? Are these new habits that are changing still? Yeah. Um, and uh, with the digital acceleration, my dad is a uh, about a six foot six, two hundred fifty pound former football player. And even he is on the couch with his giant thumbs trying to use a smartphone. Maybe he wouldn't have in the past. He would just go to his tractor supply or whatever he was doing in person. Yeah. Uh, and with that, I found your stat uh, about 
you know, returning in store, how many people are actually comfortable doing it. So uh, impactful and cool, right? I think it was only 37% of respondents said that they're extremely likely to purchase in store. And it was 63% who are unsure or unlikely. Uh, and, and what we're doing with our client base today too, is we are trying to set up that plan to have that discussion about, is it safe to come back? Uh, how do we put that forth in messaging in the way that we engage and interact with our customers? Uh, so a uh, huge fan with what you guys are doing. I think that's super cool and impactful. And yes, things are changing daily with the consumer, you know? Yeah. Um, so talk to me, Aaron, about what you would advise for uh, online shops, how to course correct a bit in today's climate. What, what, what should we be doing? Hmm. Yeah, it's a good question. And I, I'm inclined to actually answer you with another question because that's always popular. Well, hopefully I can answer it. <laughs> How do we even know that a course correction is required, right? Mm -hmm. um, so we all really want to be doing something right now to take control of the current situation, to feel like we're influencing our outcomes, excuse me, uh, in a time when so much is out of our control, which I completely get. Um, we've been catapulted into this rapid change, and it varies greatly based on our industries and by our locations. Um, so I'm not certain that every online retailer needs to course correct at this moment, but I am confident that I have the answer who, of who does know, and that's your audience, right? So not just your customers, they're a key player in your audience, but as business leaders, it's absolutely integral to solicit the feedback of your active and your target audience. So those with abandoned carts or those that haven't purchased from you in some time, you really need to know what thrills and delights them just as much as what they don't want or what they wish that you could improve or provide. Right. So you need to really look at things in a holistic way, cross-functionally with correlated data and clear action plans on what you're going to do next once you've opened up your ears and really listened, right? right. Um, so in fairness to you in this interview, if I was going to pull two items out for today's audience, yeah. um, I think I'd tie it back to that those needs of safety and trustworthiness, right? Okay. Online shops need to share how they offer secure payments, how they protect privacy and user data, how they intend to deliver their goods or services to meet or exceed the user's local safety standards, right? When you're selling in an online format, you still need to pay attention to you know that state, that county, that province, because it's different for everybody right now. And you need to be able to tell the story of how that's readily available, right? Yeah. And then I think the second thing I'd give you is personification. People miss people, right? People need people. And we've proven that to ourselves over this last six months, right? Mm. So we miss engaging with ease. And like I said earlier, customer service is a critical moment in CX and people want to be seen and heard um, and have those niceties of daily life kind of returned to them. So you need to really look at ways that you can humanize your digital experience every step of the way. Yeah, I'd be interested in seeing if you guys were doing any sort of surveys down the road on how many of us are going to actually turn into old curmudgeons sitting in our house because this feels like the new normal and this is the new way of living. Yeah. Um, you, you mentioned, Aaron, uh, monitoring abandoned carts and some of the, the normal things to keep your eye on. Uh, what else are you tasking e-commerce leaders with tracking? What KPIs do you have your, your hands on? Yeah. So digital CX is the is again, excuse me, the cumulative of the entire journey map, right? Mm -hmm. 
So if you've only been measuring so far something like total revenue, it's time to pass that mic to your audience and really listen. Mm -hmm. So I'd suggest, you know, if you haven't been doing anything up until now, start with a simple MPS survey, you know, get some, some feedback on the likelihood to recommend, formalize your view of social reputation outputs. Um, so you might be looking at, let's say, your Facebook results uh, and your Yellow Pages results and your Google results as something completely different. I uh, highly recommend that you pull it all under one umbrella. Uh, use a tool like sentiment analysis across all of those programs to allow you to truly see what your audience loves, where there's some yellow flags that you could get after now before it's a big problem and what's simply just not working because right. those correlations will uh, between your functional groups like marketing operations and customer service are absolutely going to give you the roadmap to repeatable, scalable success. Right. So you want to know what your users are engaged with. Page views, dwell time, those metrics are important to predict intent, but voice of customer programming is just that. It's true, real, actual voice. So it's a lot less to predict and a lot more to act on. Authentic, right? Absolutely. Uh, Aaron, talk to me about your customers. What has the impact been of COVID-19? I almost said COVID-Q4. <laughs> we are in Q4. Uh, what has the impact been on your business and your customers? Yeah, um, I think just like everybody else, we've all felt this some way or another uh, mm. in our businesses. So in some areas, uh, we had more challenges than other segments, right? So the majority of our over and covert audit programs, they're performed by people on site. So in some cases, on site was just simply closed and we really needed to help our partners pivot uh, to keep their data coming in consistently. Um, so when we think about those in-person audits, we've really been able to help our partners design the virtual equivalent uh, and transition over. We've also taken some steps to make it easier for customers to take on some of these new digital tools. So we expanded our free offer on our mobile forms. Uh, so we can really help people standardize some of this change that we're all experiencing. And I think when it comes to our customers, we saw you know, so many of them either closing for a long period of time or adjusting to new business models. Uh, and they had a lot more to adhere to with respect to health and safety changes in the landscape. So as we've been reopening, uh, we really see them digging in deeper to all of their areas of CX with health and safety and digital experiences absolutely running paramount. Right. And we've seen a lot of the same here. Um, so my next question, I don't want you to say, of course it has. Uh, tell me how it has. Um, you know, retail visitors and customer expectations have been constantly changing. Yeah. Uh, how have you seen, I guess, what would be your key takeaways on how they've changed during COVID? Uh, I think it's that level of uncertainty. I think there's a lot of social pressure in around the decisions that we're making. So right. something as simple as a trip to the grocery store is a lot more uh, complex than, than what we ever could have yes. imagined, I think. Word, right? You can't take bags in anymore. There's a lot that's changing constantly. Yeah. Ooh, from Sorry, your house to your end, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I go alone now, yeah. Which there's kind of some beauty in that, right? If you're yeah. looking to escape all the dogs and kids, <laughs> volunteer to be the one to go to the store. Yeah. But 
uh, I mean, the change has been exponential for sure. And, you know, I'm, I'm in Canada. So uh, with winter coming, you know, it's bound to evolve that much further. I think that in the summer months and in the warmer weather, you know, we had a lot of luxury to sort of stay outside and be spaced out. And now we're going to have to, you know, keep pushing through that evolution. Um, but I really think that those core needs of feeling safe and comfortable have continued to rise um, across a lot of areas in that customer journey. So not to plug it again, but I really encourage you and everybody else uh, to come back in a couple of weeks and see our new consumer report to see how much of this trending is actually sticking around for the long haul. Ah, Fritz put it up for us. So uh, we will uh, publish this link. Fritz is always so great with this stuff. Although Fritz, they can't click on this, so we'll have to comment with this direct link to fill out the survey also. Uh, and it allows you, Aaron, correct me if I'm wrong, to actually be uh, receive the report when it's ready, if you sign we up. We both right now, because we're still collecting information, you know, we are all consumers, so I encourage everybody to take a second to, to fill it out. Uh, and then yes, the reports come out later this month. Uh, we have a general report, and then we also provide feedback specific to uh, those verticals that I mentioned before that we're really focused upon. Got it. Um, and Aaron, how are uh, e-commerce innovators uh, doing just that, innovating as we mm -hmm. had before and uh, this this wild shopping season, right? I, I you know, like you said, I'm I'm actually paying attention to how I grocery shop these days, and it was nothing I ever paid attention to in the past. Uh, we have my daughter's first Halloween this year, and you know mm. everything is being evaluated as, is this a need? Should we do this this way? How should we do it? Uh, how are the innovators in e-commerce preparing for that sort of, uh, I guess I'll say hesitancy and uh, new consumer? Yeah. Um, focus. Focus on their niche. Focus mm. on their processes, especially when so much is new, right? You really... Oh. You need to establish it and make sure it ties back into, you know, the core values of your brand, uh, you know, say in 2019, are they translating through today? Uh, a real focus on delivering value at each critical stage, um, meaning the entire customer experience. Because, mm. you know, like a day in this new reality is the equivalent to a week or even a month. Uh, so it's okay to not have the answers today, right? I right. think that's what real leaders are doing is saying, I don't know, but I'm going to try and I'm going to try with focus and I'm going to validate this with data or yeah. pivot based on the data. So the strongest e-commerce innovators, uh, they're really soliciting that feedback and using the tools to quickly determine what other pivots are required, how they're faring with the ones that they've already made. And mm. I think the most important part is truly embracing that the time to act is now. You can't yeah. wait. Yeah, you can't. I I, um, I say this every single live stream now. I got to think of a reason not to. Uh, John Van Guizen from Ace Hardware says, differentiate or die. Yes. And he said this pre-pandemic. So, of course, uh, even now, when loyalty is being thrown out the window and people are changing, we need to, of course, make sure that we focus, like you said, yeah. uh, and are, are on point with our consumer. Yeah. So it's listen, interpret, action. Aaron, uh, this was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. And thank you for accepting my Toronto jab with, without much feedback. Uh, it's very impressive what you guys are doing up in Ottawa. Um, and I know that uh, you know several brands are working with you today. Anyone that is looking to have these actionable insights and to partner with a, a company that's certainly got the experience to provide this sort of impactful information, look no further than Aaron and her team. 
Uh, and uh, Fritz, you put it up in the comments, but everyone who's listening, please uh, take a look at that survey, the new consumer habits survey. It's part two, as Aaron mentioned. The first part is, of course, uh, already reported on and, and released. So you can sign up to get a look at that. This one will be measuring what's changed since that initial report and how people are buying. Uh, Aaron, I'll leave you alone. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, I hope to see you again soon. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for the time. Yeah, Fritz, you can give this gal a break. <laughs> Uh, everyone, thank you for having a, a joining us this morning. Excuse me. Uh, next week we have the author of Punk CX and How to Wow, Mr. Adrian Swinsco, the CX speaker, advisor, mentor, uh, the one and only. Make sure you join us next Tuesday, the 13th of October. It's not a Friday, so it should be okay till the end of the 13th. Uh, but of course, join us at 11 a.m. on Thursday, the 13th. Tuesday, the 13th. I just messed it up. Uh, and make sure, you, of course, you like follow, subscribe, uh, or comment. Tell us what you don't like. That's just as good. Thank you all for joining us. I'll see you next Tuesday.